Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. Is a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. We are brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings. I am very excited for today's episode. We had a great episode last week with Tyson Fury, the champ. I mean, he got it done, Billy. I mean, Tyson Fury and Wilder. How about that? timing, huh? Yeah, (laughs) very good timing. Incredible. (laughs) Let's get him again. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Good. Uh, But I am very excited for today's guest. We have Timothy Simons on. He uh, was part of the show Veep, a show that I... uh, that I like very, very much. Very funny, very clever show. But I am told by a mutual friend of of ours, Pablo Torre, that uh, Timothy Simons, Billy, is your kind of guy. Not my kind of guy. He is Billy's kind of guy. I can't wait. I don't know what that means. What does it mean? What does being a Billy kind of guy mean? I don't know, because you've said that to me a couple times, and I was trying to figure out, is this positive is this negative i feel like it's it's like you're making fun of me or no. him or both of us i don't really know what it means for someone to be my type of guy well i didn't say it pablo said it and what i'm telling you is he said it as a compliment huh. like funny quirky listen we all have our shit but funny and quirky and we'll just you know you know he'll be talking about one thing and then spawn off to 17 other things because the thought has popped into his mind. He actually sounds like me. But I am told that you guys are very similar. You're, you'll be kindred spirits and that you will be the better friend of Timothy Simons by the time this interview is over than I will be. Hmm. Hmm. You excited? I guess. I mean, we'll see. Probably not. 
I'm weird. I'm not good at making friends. I'm not good at talking to people. I'm not good at any of this stuff, honestly. Would you uh, Would you classify yourself as socially awkward? A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I, and thank you for being kind of delicate in how you're trying to ask that, because it seemed like you were thinking, like, how do I ask this without upsetting him? But, like, a hundred percent. I don't know how else you would qualify me. Do you get nervous, like, when you have to go out with, like, like in, in public? Do you get nervous? I like, try not to. Like, <laughs> no, I, but do you? Like, you can't, like, Billy, if you're socially awkward, if yeah. you have some sort of anxiety it's not something i come off as very rude because i i just tend to keep to myself to avoid like awkward right. situations and then people see me like in the corner like wow this, this person's a jerk like he's not talking to anyone he thinks that he's like better than everyone it's like that's not the case like i just i i'm just weird like i'm un- i'm uncomfortable <laughs> i don't want to say the wrong thing and be judged by people does your wife try to not bring you anywhere or She's she's used to it by now. She yeah, no, she's fine with it. Which she's is used great. to standing in a corner with you. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> Life of the and don't don't even I mean don't even dancing's involved. Oof. When's the last time you've danced? My sister's wedding. I had to dance. Yeah. You felt you felt obligated. Yeah. To dance, no, right? I was told like we have to go dance now by my wife, and I said okay. What'd you do? You like uh... <laughs> I danced. What do you mean? What did I do? Yeah, but did you tear it up, or was it like were you just going through the motions? I gotta be honest with you. I've been told that I'm not a bad dancer. <laughs> I could see you being a good dancer. But here's actually. the thing. Right. I, I and it's weird, but like I don't. When there's cameras involved, like at receptions, I'm like, no way. Like, no way is this going to happen. I do not want to be dancing and have that on camera for someone to watch back. Which, by the way, wedding videos in general for me. Yes. Who's going to go back and watch this? And when do you watch it? Like, maybe like your one year anniversary or something, right? But like 13 years in, do you say, you know what? Let's go back and watch the full ceremony and let's watch the full reception. Like, who's going to watch that? Um, nobody. I, this is what I will tell you, that we we videoed my daughter's bat mitzvah. Mm. I've never gone back and watched my wedding, so you're right about that. Because the best part of the wedding was the part they didn't videotape, and that was me and Abby in a bedroom, a hotel room uh, after the wedding, after everyone had left. Not the sex part. No, it's we, the yeah, it's we, it's it's tearing open the envelopes and cash comes out, which was better than sex. Yeah. Okay. Um. But we taped, we videoed our uh, daughter's bat mitzvah, hmm. and with our girls leaving to go to college next year, we have found ourselves watching that video often. Now, no one else is interested in it. Yeah. Do they watch or? No, they couldn't care less. Huh. Okay, they could care less, but. But uh, my wife and I have found ourselves, because we're getting sad as we become empty nesters and they're off to college, we have, we, well, it saddens us. And so we're, yeah. we're trying to find things that bring us positive, great memories from their youth. And uh, the bat mitzvah is what we have. So to answer your question, the only ones who can watch it, uh, well, it's you and your wife. And yeah. that's a 50-50 proposition. Like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do a video for the wedding. Good. My wife well, then was, no one will. My wife was like, no, I don't think we need that. And I'm like. The memories ah. are enough? Well, no, because you know what's funny is that we didn't do it, right? right? And now afterwards we're like, we probably should have done that just to have it, even though I know we will not have watched it. Right. Well, I mean, you know. so is next time. If you, Yeah. <laughs> Hiring again? <laughs> ZipRecruiter finds top talent for you. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash StuPod. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. That was so unnecessary, yet necessary at the same exact time. Let's get I don't think I'm going to get married again. There's no, no one else will put up with me. <laughs> you found the one person. The one person, yeah. <laughs> so have I. Yeah. <laughs> if they leave us, I'll hang with you. <laughs> or perhaps Timothy Simons will. Let's get to him. 
Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh. Folks, gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So Billy and I were having a discussion. You're going to be mad at us right at right out of the gates here. Okay. okay um, first, first, first off, we're we're not certain if it's Tim or Timothy, right? Because it's different in different places. Just so you know, it is. Can I can I tell you right off the bat? I do that to be. I I I like standing on you know on formality in some situations. So if it's a more formal situation, I go with Timothy. Right. But in casual conversations, whatever. Tim is fine. If somebody says Tim in a formal situation, I'm not going to be mad. But if I'm like going to be introduced at a thing or whatever. And they're like, what do you want to be called? I'll say Timothy. You know what I mean? Billy, we found someone who's fucking just as crazy as you are. So here's the thing. My name's actually Guillermo, but my whole life I've gone by Billy because my mom's side of the family doesn't speak Spanish. So they struggled with that, right? So they'd call me Billy. And then uh-huh. now as I'm getting older, people are shortening it to Bill. And I don't like it because Bill sounds too formal for me because yeah. I've always been a Billy. But I'm trying to figure out like in what situation I should be a Billy and what situation I should be a Guillermo. And if I should ever transition to Bill, like were you ever Timmy and then you graduated to Tim at some point? I've never been a Timmy. And then mm. a, at some point people started to try to get that going. I was, I was like, no, I will, I will, I will like get confrontational <laughs> with people infrequently, but that was one of the only times where I was like, don't do that. Hmm. I just don't <laughs> like it. I think you, right. what about William? Do you think you should go William? I've been called Willie by people. And, and, it's, and Willie's a bit of a stretch. I mean, not that Billy is not a stretch from Guillermo, but Willie is kind of like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like a William. I also don't feel like a, a Bill though. You know, you've known me now for like three minutes. What would you it's say? Because you're a Guillermo. That's what you I would are. Say, I would say either you got to, either you got to shorten Guillermo to something like, like, like Gary, Gary, like Gee. This is like going back to the old Coke recipe. You know what I mean? Like you got to go back to Guillermo. Mm. 
Yeah. You got to leave Bill behind. That was another man. In every situation, <laughs> not just the formal ones. Yeah. I don't know that I'm ready. I get it. I mean, like we can meet here like every week at this time if you want to talk through it. Okay. Done. Done. I, I mean, I just I'm going to sit here and observe. <laughs> I did. I I'm really down, did. honestly, to start the Gary phase of my life at this moment, I think. You know, I feel like Guillermo's the final chapter. <laughs> Wait, so here's the other one we're struggling with. Mm -hmm. Simons or Simmons? You oh can tell God. we were really you prepared. Guys, you guys, holy shit. Holy shit. No, that is... Uh... Wait, so I, I will also tell you this, that uh, since we're since we're all talking about real names and fake names, uh, Stugatz is not my real name. John okay. Wiener is, okay? John Wiener is the real name, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Stugatz probably the better of the two names, right? Honestly, do people know that it's John Wiener? I've been going by Stugatz for so long that I don't know. My kids, my daughters call me Stugatz. So. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I know. I feel like Stugatz is the better. I feel like Stugatz is the better. I like that. <laughs> is Stugatz more for formal or casual conversation? I feel like at this point, you're just, you're like a one namer. Like, is Madonna going to be Madonna in a formal or casual? Like, you know what I mean? You're a one namer at this point. Wow. I'm a one namer. That is, uh, that's the highest of compliments. It really is. If anybody said Stu Gatz, I'd know who they were talking about. Oh, you don't need man. to put any qualifiers in there. No. And it's Simons. Um, right. But Simmons is incredibly uh, a common mispronunciation that I don't even correct anymore. Mm. Has anyone ever asked you that before? What, the Simon Simmons thing? Yeah, I mean, because Simmons is generally two M's, right? No one asks yes. you. Right? No, everybody fucks it up, and I'm not sure why. I mean, most people do the Stugatz. We talked about this before, and I told you how it was. Most people look it up before and don't just ask people when they're interviewing them, hey, what's your name? <laughs> but most people aren't Stugatz, and I don't mind just asking them right face-to-face, -face, okay? Yeah. I don't care. I so mean, worst, I'm worst combos, Timmy Simmons, then. Timmy Simmons would be like, hey, guys, I've had such a good time here. Timmy really Simmons like, is basically so reaching out. Timmy Simmons is basically saying, hey, fuck you. Yes, that is basically like a subtle fuck you. I am tempted to call you Timmy Simmons the entire fucking interview. It's not going to go well. <laughs> uh, you have a new podcast out, Second in Command, the first ever Veep rewatch podcast hosted by Tim and Matt Walsh. Why did you guys decide to do this? This sounds fascinating, man. It sounds cool. There's a very clear first reason, which is we first came up with the idea when we were all locked in our homes. And, <laughs> and it was like, all right, well, this, what can we do when we are locked in our homes? And this was something that like we had been kind of thinking about for a while. And that's what sort of kicked off the conversation. I am also, and I don't know if you are like this, I am nostalgic to a fault. My wife hates that about me. She always like, I'm like, I'm all, I'm like, like looking five minutes ago being like, man, stuff was better back then when I was walking in here, man, those were the days. Like, so I am nostalgic to a fault. <laughs> Also, like Matt Walsh is one of my best friends. And so like the idea of doing it with him, it just gives us an excuse to hang out and talk. And we have a lot of overlapping interests and our senses of humor overlap quite a bit. So it is just a fun thing to do. But also like the political world has completely changed since we first got on. And while we are never going to put ourselves out there as experts, um, because we are incredibly stupid, it doesn't seem like the show really went off the air that long ago and it didn't. But from the time we went on, like the political world is completely different. 
How much do you miss the doing of the show? I, it's a weird thing. Like if somebody was like, that's going to go for a hundred years, I would say yes. But when we ended, it was the right time to end. And I think as like, you know, this is going to be like pretentious and stupid. And I already hate the fact that I'm going to say it, but like, whatever, we're artists and we want to like continue to evolve and, uh, you know, all of like that dumb shit that artists say and <laughs> that, that feels awful saying, but is kind of true. Like it was like, you know, it felt like we went out a moment too early than a moment too late. I think everybody was ready for a new thing, but I don't think a job like that comes along that often where the vibe on set, like the, the actual support and the actual love that everybody had for each other there, like a true sense of ensemble and a true sense of trust existed there. And I think that's incredibly rare. So that is something that I miss. They are, I, I'm still very close with everybody that was on the show and I miss creating stuff with them in, in those circumstances. Um, but also, you know, just time marches on. Uh, we're all going to die. And we, uh, you know, it's also fun to go do new stuff. I mean, that's a very somber way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, yes, we're I'm all going to die. Yeah. Um, I don't know what your uh, listeners are into, but generally, like, <laughs> nothing matters. Uh, ashes to ashes. Um, you're going to be forgotten. Sands of time. Um, I'm a real positive guy. I'm a real positive guy. Did you think, uh, speaking of death and how everyone's going to die, when you were in the interview, did you think you were going to die or like North Korea was going to come after you? Because that was a crazy time where like the paparazzi and people were following like Seth Rogen and you knew his every movie. You're like, oh my God, like they're coming after Sony. They're coming after everyone. Like there's going to be this like nuclear war breakout because of this movie. And you were in it. I was. And I think that like I wasn't, I wasn't really nervous because ultimately they aren't going to be mad at like the guy who's like number 18 on the call sheet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're going to focus their energies on like, you know, like if like a plane crashed and everybody in the movie was on it, I would probably be pretty lucky to make it into the article about that plane crashing. <laughs> Come on. You know what I mean? Or, or I definitely, I wouldn't be like in the headline or the next line down, you know, I'd be in there. I'd be in like one of the later paragraphs like, Oh, and also I think I was, what I was actually nervous about was that somehow personal information that would, cause I am, I, I do try to separate personal life and professional life, even though uh, like, as you guys know, like this business blurs the two generally, but I do try to keep a separation between my personal life and my private life. I'm trying to be thoughtful about my own kids privacy. I have posted pictures and stuff, but I was like a little worried about, I don't know, maybe my home address would be out there or whatever bank account information. I don't know that people probably have that already, but like, I was a little nervous about that, but I wasn't really nervous about getting killed. I didn't like the fact that, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess I understand I'm not a huge fan of the fact that it never actually came out in theaters. That seemed like a, a, not a great move, but if you're like a giant company, I don't know, maybe you have to do that. That's, that's like a decision above my pay grade. I did see a funny Twitter conversation one time where somebody said something like, all I want is to have a movie that has an aftermath section on Wikipedia. And Seth Rogen replied to it just saying, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, like so. 
right. One of the few people with experience. Yeah. Yes. And he was like, just like as clear as you can be about this. Like I have been through this and you definitely don't want to. But no, I mean, like, I think maybe I would be, I, I, I haven't talked to like Randall, uh, who was also on beat, the guy that played Kim Jong-un in the movie. He's a buddy. And I know uh, Seth a little bit. I never really talked to them about their feelings on it. But like, if I was in their position, maybe I would have been a little bit more nervous, but whatever. I mean, like, I don't know. I go to the grocery store and I'm reasonably anonymous. So North Korea would be like, I don't know, man, him just let, he's fine. You'd be like in the he's third a- wave, if anything, of like, I want to kind of push back on the idea that you go to the grocery store and you're anonymous because when we were looking into like doing research for the interview, obviously we didn't get your name. You guys did research? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Didn't know how to say your name. We we were just we were just torn on Simmons and Timothy. It seems like you missed some of the broad stroke and you you were about to get into the details, but I like it. I like it. Okay, so this is this is one thing that was found on your IMDb. And I don't know if you're aware of this on your IMDb. It just says trademark. Towering height. <laughs> no. And that's pretty much the entire section of personal for you. Trademark towering height. Towering height. Yeah. Yes. Holy shit. No, I don't know who puts that in there. I mean, I don't know if I would put that down as a trademark. I don't know. I would like, I mean, I remember. I remember when I first like when I first got on the show, I, I think it had been on for like two years and I looked up in Wikipedia. I, I noticed that I like didn't have like you couldn't click my name on Wikipedia, like in the cast list. And I was like, oh, I guess I don't have one in there or I did click it. I'm sorry. I did click it. And then the name came up and it was like, this person is not culturally significant enough to have a Wikipedia <laughs> entry. And now I do. I don't know what's on there and I don't know who edited it, edits it. But that is true that like, if you think it's me, like if you're somebody who has seen the show or has seen anything I've been in before and you're like, I wonder if it's that guy, you then will be like, oh, he's fucking massively tall. <laughs> like you don't like look like that guy and also are that tall and not be him. You know what I mean? So it does. It makes it a little bit harder to hide. Uh, Tim, just going back to Veep for a second, because Billy and I want to talk to you about Maine. I want to talk to you about having twins because I, I also have twins. I have twin daughters. Uh, but just going back to Veep. That. That's amazing. Yeah, I have twin daughters, man. We'll get to it in a second. But just going back to Veep, like on a much smaller scale, it feels like the environment within our radio show. Everyone knows their role, ensemble cast, good friends, love each other. Um, but then you guys got bored of each other and you wanted to move on and challenge yourself and try new things. We're still doing the same old shit down here. <laughs> We're still doing the same old shit 20 years into this uh, down in Miami. But I'm wondering, when did you know? Like, holy shit, man, we're sitting on a monster TV show here. I don't think it was. I Well, I remember when we were filming the first season, there was a part of me that thought, if we are going to catch on, like if we are going to catch on, it was going to be a slow burn. Like I think we debuted the same night as the show as girls, as Lena Dunham show girls, like we debuted on the same night. We followed uh, game of Thrones. I think we were in between game of Thrones and girls and and like girls obviously became like a cultural phenomenon and was just a rocket ship of everybody talking about immediately. And I think we were a much slower burn. So it really didn't feel like a monster until like the third season or so. And that's when 
I mean, like, you know, we had six, we had some, you know, relative success in the first couple of years. Uh, you know, we have like nominated for the best comedy and Julia like was nominated and won uh, uh, like Emmys in those first few years. And, and so there was some recognition to it, but it was like around year three where you started actually hearing politicians refer to character names in speeches or in, you know, press like in like press junkets and stuff like that it seemed to just be something that was talked about a lot more so for me it was like i think around season three where it was like oh this is actually like really like this is big and kind of bigger than i think everybody i think all way bigger than any of us really expected i always figured right. it catch on julie is too great of an actress for it not to catch on with comedy people but it seemed to get even bigger than that. Tim Simons with us here. I wanted to call you Timothy Simmons so bad. Second in command, oh, oh, the, the first ever Veep Rewatch podcast hosted by Tim and Matt Walsh. The uh, two fan favorites will be rewatching every episode of the series. Billy and I were discussing, you're from Maine. Yes. And we were discussing that right now, just pandemic and all the craziness going on in the world. It seems like Maine is the safest and probably the most decent place on the planet right now. Am I wrong? Like, it just, Maine it, feels safe. <laughs> it does. I, I will say, that, like, my whole family is still out there. My sister, my brother, their kids, and my parents, aunts and uncles, they're all still out there. And while I was worried for them over the last couple of years, like, it's like a socially distanced state already. <laughs> like, you just, you don't see anybody. My hometown has 2,000 people in it, and my closest neighbor was, like, uh, three quarters of a mile. Like, you don't see anybody anyway. We were there all summer and Maine is like an incredible place. And I don't want to talk about it too much because if I do, then people will start moving there. Um, <laughs> and that's exactly what I don't want. That's, that's exactly heady, what I'm talking. That's a heady play, Tim. A hundred percent. That's yes. what's happening in Miami right now where a lot of people are moving yes. down to Miami. It's like, stay away, please. Like, we're fine. We're at capacity, if not over capacity. Like, we're good. Like, just visit if you want, but don't don't move here, please. And the thing is, I have turned into the thing that my mom hates, which is an adult version of the child me. Uh, no, I, uh, I have turned into this thing that my mom hates, which is like, it, like, all of the small town stuff that I grew up with and that she loves, I get now get really annoyed with. She right. like now looks at me as if I'm an out of towner because there are times where you're like in line at the grocery store and people are just talking. Like they're just talking, like the transaction has been completed, but the cashier has not decided to talk while also checking you out. You know what I mean? Like just, yes. I'm just going to scan your stuff while also talking to this person and do two things at once. Like that is something that Nate has not yet figured out. And I get so frustrated with it. And my mom is like, you, you basically, she's like, you went out of here and you changed. So you like all the, like the space you like being away from your neighbors because Here's the thing. I'm a strange person. I'm not a big fan of crowds. I don't like people being right on top of each other. Right. But also like if I'm on a road trip, I don't like a hospital being like a hundred miles away from me. Like I'm good with everything that I need being nice and close enough to me where like, I feel like in Maine, you could get murdered and not be found for like a week. Oh no. A hundred percent. Everything closes at 7 30 PM. Uh, and I mean, it's a nightmare. That is not the way I, it's beautiful and romantic. Uh, and then I think, and then you're there in February and you're like, oh, I want to like, <laughs> I want to fill up the bathtub and like hold my head underneath it. Like that's, um, I'm such a, I, you, I'm, I have such a sunny disposition about most of these things. <laughs> no, like I didn't want to live 
like that. I am, I am much like you in that I don't, I like the hospital being right there. I like that I have access, even if I'm not using it. Like when I was in Chicago, I was like, I don't need any of this stuff. I just like knowing that at 2 a.m. I could have it, (laughs) you know, like the hardware store is open 24 hours. You never know when you're going to need like a a circular saw or something, right? I mean, I probably won't, but if I need one, I can get one. What what if I need some drywall anchors and it's 3 a.m.? Right. You live in why would you need those at 3 a.m. though? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Hang in the shelf, hang in the exactly. shelf, man. Yeah, but Billy, there is something charming because I grew up in a town like that. I grew up in the Northeast. Billy's been in Miami his entire life. There was something charming about mm-hmm. having just one hardware store, a mom and pop hardware store, and it closes at 7.30. And you know what? If you need some drywall at 3 a.m., you're going to have to wait until it opens up at 7 a.m. I mean, that's the way it works. I spent the entire summer there because we hadn't seen my family since December of 2019. So me and my wife and my kids, we drove across country and we, we hung out in Chicago uh, for a couple of weeks to see her family. And then we spent about five weeks in Maine, spending a lot of time with my family. And I went to, uh, to uh, Audet's Hardware in Winthrop, Maine, right. uh, next town over from where I grew up. And it was so great because I got checked out and he was like, that'll be $31. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I paid him. And he was like, another great deal. <laughs> another great deal at Audette's Hardware. That's what I'm talking about. He knows your name. He knows your family. He knows everybody. I mean, that's the beauty. That's yeah. the charm. Yes. The thing about Audette's, though, and I've never been there, but I'm a little worried what Amazon might do to Audette's because let's say, you know, <laughs> you want a size four screw and you don't have it. And then Audette needs to order it it's going to take a week to get there and like you know what bezos can get me this in six minutes at my house they've got some stuff in there that bezos can't get you though <laughs> that <laughs> i'm not saying by that i'm not saying a good thing i'm just also saying like are you saying that Odette's has something more than just happens, tools that, that bezos doesn't <laughs> i find that impossible to believe <laughs> They uh, they they also have their own dick shaped spaceship that they launch out of the back out of the back of my bed. Um, no, they just have some stuff that like you know I had to like you know I like was in my in the store with my son. I was like, oh right, this is like a rural area. Like I have to explain to him like, no, your dad like grew up in like a rural area. So like when you go in and you see guns that's what it's like here. That's, it's very different from the world that you live in, in Los Angeles. Like all of this is different. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But Tim, you're so right. Because, um, I took my daughters, like one's going to Northwestern and one's going to Syracuse and they experienced both schools, uh, during, I think it was spring or summer. Right. And I said, listen, and they're like, dad, we love it here. And I'm like, no, we got to come back in December. Okay. <laughs> like you got, it's a totally different place. Okay. None yeah. of this will be here when you come back in December. It will just be you in a dorm. And that's about it. And so you're right. People experience Maine and they think it's the greatest place on the planet. And I've been there several times. Try it in fucking February and tell me how much you like it. I mean, yeah, when the sun goes down at 3 30 p.m. <laughs> and you're just riotously depressed. It is like, I mean, like, and that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh my God, it's so amazing. There's like, you know, they're like, you just look out on the harbor. And it's like, no, you look out on the harbor because you're rich and you bought a place on the harbor. Everybody else that lives there, you now you force them to move 30 miles out of town because they can't afford a house in the town. Maine sounds horrible. 
Yeah, it does. It's actually kind of amazing. I mean, the part is so cool. <laughs> I don't know if that was your intention or not. You're, you're actually doing a really good job of convincing people not to go to Maine. Not, no, I this, mean, is, this, this is the best case scenario. I mean, Tim, Billy and I were convinced we were moving there together. I mean, so we were starting a family, everything. And now you've talked us off of it. We're, we're done. We're not going there, Billy. This is interesting. So how old are the kids? How old are your twins? They are going to be 10 at the, uh, uh, in December. Okay, and you had a boy and a girl, right? Yeah, so and a girl. Did, did you find out before they were born? Did you do that? Did you guys do that? We did. I think we were not so because we had to like go through IVF and all sorts of stuff. So there was like a lot Same. of things. Yeah. I mean, like, and I and I know that you'll probably know this as a twin parent. There's like a lot of preciousness that you lose as a twin parent, especially like if it starts out with IVF. You like it never gets to be as like oh, this is so magical, you know, especially when you all of a sudden have two babies. It's right. really just trying to keep your head above water. It's stressful, we, yes. It, it's stressful. And like sometimes the best, like sometimes like the, the height of the roller coaster is like pretty good. Like that's like the, like sometimes there were those days where it's just like we did pretty good. And that was like as good as it was going to get. Mm -hmm. But we did, we found out Although when the, when the lady for, she was like, okay, you're definitely having a boy and maybe another boy. And so we were like, all right, cool. Two boys. And then later on they were like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> no, you were like, cool. Two boys. Your wife was like, are you fucking kidding me? And that's why okay. I asked that question because they said with me and we did the same thing in vitro, the whole deal. And it's, it's very stressful and I'm glad uh, the kids turned out okay. Uh, but it is stressful for the parents. It really is. But it, so the doctor says, baby, a girl, and I'm sick. My mom's there. My mother-in-law's there. Obviously my wife's there. My wife gives a little fist pump for baby, a girl. Right. And I'm secretly, I'm under the table. Like baby B better be a fucking boy. There better be a boy. <laughs> B better stand for boy. B better stand for boy. B stood for girl. Okay. <laughs> you didn't know what you were having, Stu guys. No, I did. I'm trying to tell them. I, I, they told me baby A, girl, baby B, girl, but I was secretly rooting for a boy. But it, it turns out, and then my mom got so mad at me because she saw, like, depression just wash over my face. <laughs> and so you lucked out. You got one of each. My mom dragged me out by my ear, and she goes, smile. You grew up in a house filled with boys. This is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And my mom was right. And if I had another kid, I would want a girl, you know? I will say there is, especially uh, like at this, at this particular age, there is something about like the just stupid chaos of my sons and his friends and his other boy friends when they come over, like the chaos that they seem to want to inhabit. I can't be around it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and it, it's awful. And I do kind of feel like all boy children should just be sent away. I, like if he ever listens to this, this isn't what I mean. Yeah. You, you love your daughter more. Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, that yeah, is like yes, a one. Yes, yes, Don't yeah, move to okay. me and I love my daughter more. Uh, but no, it is. It's a little bit. I started coaching his flag football team, even though I don't know anything about uh, football or at least right. flag football. I know a little bit about regular football, but uh, but we were at practice the other day and it was like one of those moments where like it got insane with like nine 
nine and 10 year old boys. And they're all doing this thing where like everything but related is funny. And I get it like farting and pooping. It's great. It's very funny, but like also slapping everybody, like chasing each other around and like slapping each other on the butts like a million times. And, you know, and I, I am trying to be like, okay, guys, like it's okay to have fun, you know, but remember you also have to like respect each other's personal space. If somebody has a boundary, you need to respect that. Like, you know, whatever, trying to like, you know, foster some good, uh, some good knowledge for later on in their lives. But I couldn't communicate that because I was so overwhelmed by how insane it was. And I just started yelling, Hey guys, no butt stuff. <laughs> just an adult man yelling, no butt stuff at a bunch of nine-year-olds at a public park. <laughs> Listen, uh, enjoy 10 because when they get to be 17, they're going to hate your guts, okay? <laughs> uh, how old are yours? You're, they're 17? Yeah, they're 17. How is that going, like, the dropping them off at college? Uh, I got, well, we haven't done it yet, so we got 10 more months, but it, it's starting to kind of, it's it's starting to settle in. Like, empty nesters, does my wife really love me? <laughs> like, what's going to happen after they leave? <laughs> Have the kids kept not. up together we all the time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why the ability to make a plan is to move the main. <laughs> Tim Simon is with us here uh, on Stupidity. Second in command, new podcast, the first ever beat rewatch podcast hosted by Tim and Matt Walsh. You keep saying the first beat rewatch podcast, which means that like, you know, something that I don't like, is somebody else doing one? No, but this is the first. You did it first. Congratulations! I'm certain everyone's everyone's clamoring to do it, but you got to it first. It's like I I, I I'm on a show uh, called Housebroken that what, Clea Duvall, who's on Veep, she comes on and plays uh, Marjorie uh, Marjorie, the Secret Service agent. She and a few of the Veep writers do a show on Fox called Housebroken, which is like an adult, and I play a raccoon, and uh, so I play like sort of a trashy feral raccoon. And there's also another character called Super Fun Raccoon. And it is a little bit like saying, here's uh, some food and here's some really good tasting food. Right. <laughs> and I keep trying to tell them, like, if you call me Raccoon, but then you call that other person Little Fun Raccoon, that makes it sound like I'm not fun. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 it doesn't mean that. But it's like, yeah. I don't know. So if you say, I don't know, I guess that's why I'm bringing that up. Did We're you first. go out for fun raccoon? And then they decided like, you're no, you're more of just regular raccoon. I wouldn't, if that, if that's not the way it went down, but that seems like the way it would have gone down. Cause I don't think anybody <laughs> meets me and is like, man, that guy seems super fun. Cause mostly I talk about somebody drowning me in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and telling them not to move to beautiful places. That's like, that's my whole vibe. So I don't usually get accused of being super fun. So uh, we have a mutual friend. Uh, I love you, by the way. Seriously, this is so conversational. I feel like I'm, I feel like I've known you my entire life. I really mean well, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I hold that thought about our mutual friend real quick. But did you yes. know, did you ever get the video that um, I can't remember who took it because this was like a few years ago when I was in the ESPN studios because I was li I listened to you guys all the time. And there yes. was one. Do you see? Do you remember getting that video? Is that the mutual friend we're talking about? Uh, Pablo Torre. 
Yes. Well, okay, Pablo. So it wasn't Pablo yes. that sent that video, but I feel like I've I've gotten us all over the place. But that's good. That's um, where we like to be. We like to be all over the place. That's fine. Okay. You like us to be uh, like you know on uneven footing as yes. guests. You want to make us uncomfortable as possible. Like who's the other mutual group. friend now? I'm wondering. Yeah. Now I'm wondering who sent the video. Was it? Maybe I, it was I Mina. It wasn't Mina. Uh, he worked on. I think he worked on NBA The Jump out of LA. So we, because there was one day where I was listening to your show on the way to the gym and there was a bit on your show where you said the, like, like the, the long and short of it, like the broad strokes was that there is no one more annoying on Twitter than the cast of Veep. And I was like, <laughs> my dude, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I'm just trying to go to the gym and I'm getting personally attacked. But I mean, like, no. So <laughs> no hard feelings, obviously, because I am here talking to you today. <laughs> um, but I got up to you. No, but I think I was. I think what I was railing against was they're always tweeting stuff out about the current episode, and I'm trying to catch up, and I'm on oh. Twitter. Right, that's what I was upset with. <laughs> so I called you a bunch of assholes. I mean, <laughs> you did, and there was already some. There was a lot of goodwill that you had built up to that point. Um, so it was just like, but that was a moment where I was like. What is happening? I'm just I'm just going about my day and I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. Uh, but no, we do have a mutual friend in Pablo Torre who is fantastic. All right. So how did we uh, how did you become friends with one Pablo Torre? Because we love him. Uh, he's a very good friend of ours. But you went to Maine. He went to Harvard. And we're just wondering how Pablo uh, has become friends with with a megastar. I mean, that's what you are, Tim. 18th on the depth chart. <laughs> a megastar? God, yeah, this is so great. I, I feel so you're good. You're a big star. You are. Oh, my God. Um, I you met... didn't know his name at the start of this, and you're calling him a megastar. Uh, it's just a show. I mean, we're acting, Bill. A couple actors cutting it up, you know? <laughs> just a couple artists trying new things, Brandon. <laughs> um so I met Pablo through like uh, like ride home. I met because I was okay. Stat Boy one time on PTI when we were filming in Baltimore. Veep used to film in Baltimore. I, I went up to Washington one time to be Stat Boy, and it was really fun. I was very nervous, but then I met Ride Home through that, and then he would do like his brunch thing, like where he would get people together for brunch, and he would do that in Los Angeles because of twins, uh, because you're never able to have fun when you have twins. I was never able to go to one of the in-person ones, but then he started hosting like Zoom brunches on Saturdays, and I was in quarantine in Canada working on a job in the fall where I had to spend like two weeks straight in a, uh, in a, in a, like an apartment without leaving. So I went to a couple, I hung out at a couple of the zoom brunches when I was up there and Pablo was in Pablo was in them. And I had listened to, I had listened to Pablo. I think I had watched high noon. So like I knew Pablo's stuff and I think we had like talked on Twitter a couple times. And so that was when we became like a little bit more, friendly and now i'm at the point where i can like you know text him jokes and i can ask him questions about stuff whereas before it was just kind of like every once in a while on twitter like oh hey man yeah this is good you know what i mean but now i feel like a little bit more of a a little bit closer to him how are you insecure at reaching out to pablo of all people pablo it's seems crazy. like just a normal person like not someone crazy. that you'd be concerned about reaching out to and what they'd think well number one i'm 18th on the call sheet i don't mm. matter 
you like this if there was one thing that la teaches you in spades it is that you do not matter it um, humbles you <laughs> it humbles you at every single opportunity one time i was at a wedding i was at my manager's wedding and there is this guy who came over and he was like oh hey man what's up and like i'm this guy like i know that you know um I know Ben, he's mentioned your name before, but like when I saw you, like I thought you were this other person. I can't remember who it was, but like, let's just say it was like the lead singer of Maroon 5, which it's not, but that's just the only per famous person I can think of that's really famous. And he did this with his hand. He was like, I thought it was like lead singer of Maroon 5, but then I was like, oh, it was Tim Simons. I was like, oh shit, like Ben's like really started to work with some people, but then, oh, it was Tim Simons. And he moved his hand down he like put his hand up <laughs> right for, to mention this other person but then moved his hand way down so i also had the visual representation of his thoughts on my status <laughs> people do not fucking care at all i have a, i have a worthless feeling story so to great. share with you also okay. i don't know that stugatz even knows this so a couple of years ago we did this like live show in new york right and i'm like the fourth producer on the show so i'm like maybe the sixth most known person like at this event if even that right because there was all these special guests and all this stuff right so the show's over and there's like this meet and greet thing where like fans are coming and they're like taking pictures and for whatever reason people wanted to take pictures with me which i thought was weird but whatever so people were taking pictures with us and we're like on the main floor and it was at the gramercy in new york so there's like a backstage that's like a lower level where there's like this green room and in that green room was like everybody that was there was in the green room from like you know nick wright katie nolan like all these people that had come from out to kind of hang out with the show or whatever right so the show ends, security is ushering all the fans and everybody out of the arena. Uh, and I get kicked out of the arena for this show that I had just been working on. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I, I was going to go backstage, like, with the rest of the show and the people. They're like, no, no, no. We were told everybody has to leave. So I was kicked out of the, the venue. And then instead of calling anyone, because I didn't want to be like, no, I'm like, I, I could be back there. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm going to go to the hotel and I'm just going to fly back home tomorrow and pretend that none of this ever happens. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I get the stories. Like this is the, the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah. Holy like, shit, where Bill. were you? Why didn't you go out? And it was like, I was an asshole that was blowing everyone off. And it's like, no, I, like, security escorted me out of the building with all of the fans that paid to be there. I was asked politely to leave. Yeah. Is what, <laughs> is, I mean, like, there, there, there is at some point, I think going back to your question about Pablo, I think there is a part of me. And I think this is one reason why Walsh and I get along is that I think that I know it's true for me when I meet people that are really good at what they do, that are not only like really passionate about it, but really good at it. It's re it's exciting. Like it's exciting to meet people who are doing something that they really want to do and they are really good at it. And so I kind of naturally tend to, even if it's a very niche thing, like last night, yesterday, I met a, the guy who does like the, the Chicago party on Twitter account. <laughs> and like, if you know anything about Chicago, it's unbelievably funny. And we met yesterday. I'm like so excited to meet this guy. He's a performer and he now has a show out on Netflix and we have a lot of mutual friends. It turns out I'm just so like reaching out to Pablo is sort of like, 
like I, I don't put any sort of like, I don't do this thing with my hand. You know what I mean? Like yes. in my world, Pablo is like, holy fuck, that guy's massively famous. Same thing here. Like, you know, getting attacked on the radio by Stu Guts. It's like a big moment. <laughs> Very famous person attacked me on the radio. You went um, like a badge. Yes, you should. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, but there is that I did reach a point where I will be very nice about it, but I am definitely, there are moments where I have been ushered out by, you know, a kindly asked to leave a, a space where I was actually allowed to be in. And I have gotten to the point where I'm very nice about it, but I'm like, I'll be like, Oh no, absolutely. I totally get it. But I actually am going to go back there. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, totally. call, call whoever you need to call. It's totally okay. I'm good right here. I'll look at my phone, uh, you know, whatever I'll do. I'll do whatever, but I'm going to, I'm just going to like hang out until you get the correct information. No. <laughs> you know what I, I was going to, I, I was going to tell Billy, Billy, I'm in like, it's, it's a sad story. I feel bad for you, but I'm also insanely jealous. Like no, you, got to, you no, no, you got to leave and go back to the hotel. <laughs> I did get to leave, but at the same point I decided like in, you know, pros and cons. I said, you know what? It's probably better for people to just think I'm a giant asshole than to think I'm this loser that gets escorted out of some place that he's actually supposed to be. So I'm fine with this, I guess. <laughs> it does kind of feel like it's a, it's like got a little more clout or like a little more like, Oh, like, Oh, it's like you're now you're mysterious, you know, and I guess there's always that part of you that like wants to think you're mysterious, but like in the Sony hack, everybody's like, Oh man, I hope they didn't see all those emails about me. And then if you look real close, like nobody was sending emails about me. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) wait, what I mean? But you clearly love sports and you love and you love ESPN. And so when you're Stat Boy, like that meeting Kornheiser Wilbon, I'm assuming you met them. That had to be like a thrill for you, right? Oh, it was amazing. Like yeah. I act like I, when I found out they were just like having random stat boys in after um, Tony Reale left yeah. and they were just yeah. having random stat boys in. I was like, I'll go do that. I right. do like I listen to the <laughs> show every day. I like I right. listen to it every day. You mentioned Matt Wash. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How often does he what get if I was like, with- no. No, no, no. no you- <laughs> well, then it would be it would be like when I got kicked out of the, the arena. I'd be like, OK, we're fine. Let's just move on. But, but Billy, he's here to answer your question. <laughs> well, no, because I'm wondering because this has happened to me. How often does he get confused for Louis C.K.? Because there's times that I'm watching, I'm like, wait a minute, no, that's that's Matt Walsh. No, that's Louis C.K. Because it's happened to me multiple times. It happened a lot, like right around... When it wasn't right good to be confused pilot. for Louis C.K.? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, actually, sorry. No, it was before that, before all that stuff came out. Uh, first couple seasons, it would happen all the time uh, and has not happened as much recently. But I think the thing that Walsh has been dealing with recently is that there's like this sort of nightmarish conservative blogger named Matt Walsh. Oh, and so who i mean just like if you think about like garbage fire takes like this dude has all of them every day (laughs) every day this guy is trying to be twitter's main character with his ridiculously terrible takes and so of course the the byproduct of that is that everybody's that his name trends like every single day and then invariably people tag the wrong account Mm -hmm. and they're like fuck you. And he's like, that's not me. And so, I mean, it's like, 
So I feel like right now he's been, I mean, like neither one of these scenarios is particularly good, but so he's either going to be mistaken for Louis CK or this other horrible Matt Walsh. <laughs> this is when you need to give him the strategy of, Hey, maybe we switch it up to Matthew Walsh. Cause you don't want right. to be mad anymore. Right. I'm going to go ahead and say he might even be considering it. I am. Like, <laughs> I'm saying I've not been, this is neither. Conf- this has not been confirmed. Like, how can you not? How can you not? Maybe I'll tell him to call himself Guillermo. <laughs> you should. He'll just, go, he'll just go by Billy. We're going to get you out of here in a second. Uh, where'd your love of sports come from? Where Where did that come from? I mean, I think I like, I grew up tall in a small town. And so when I was like four years old, everybody was like, you're going to play basketball. I was like, oh, I guess I, guess I just, I guess I got to do that. And so I started playing and I hated basketball. I st- and I think I still hate it. But all my friends played it and it was in a small town and it was like small town, New England. So we all watched the Celtics and we all watched the Patriots and that's where it started. And I've all, and so I guess I've just always, I've just always stuck with it and I've always followed it. And as I've gotten older, it's all become like a little bit more, like more niche sports. You know what I mean? Like I, of course, like my, my, we have uh, like a group of people have like uh, LAFC season tickets out here. Because I also like, there's a part of me that like can't fully invest in fandom. I just love being a part of a fandom, but I just don't have like, I just don't have the brain resources to actually like know like the depths, like the depth chart of like safeties. You know what I mean? So like, I love the bears. I don't know who their starting safety is. Um, So it started back then and now, and now it's much more like golf is big thing over the last 10 years. Like I legitimately love it. And that, that has led into like the niche sort of like, I now have people over every Sunday morning and we make a breakfast and we watch F1 races. Like that's, that's been kind of the thing. I just, I like, I really, what I like is I love it when people chant in unison. I love a crowd deciding to all do one thing at one time. I love like the like like absolutely like going to see like like one of the great things about the job is that I get to go a bunch of different places. I was a broke actor for a very long time, um, and I never traveled. And now I kind of get taken places for work. Like we we rehearsed and shot Veep in London a couple times, and so we got to like go see Premiership games, but we also got to go see League Two games. Like going to see sporting events in different countries is also like Thai boxing. I worked on a movie in Thailand and we went to a Thai boxing match there, like seeing how different cultures approach sport is something I find fascinating too. So I don't know. I just love it. It's fun, man. I got to tell you brunch F one golf. You're getting old, man. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh dude. Get, yes. Like get me to Palm Springs, and give me like a three thirty p.m. cocktail hour and a seven p.m. bedtime, and I'm right. go. All right, t- seven p.m. bedtime exactly. All right, just a couple of quick ones. Nicest golf course you ever played? Um, the the nicest one I've ever played. I played I played Wingfoot. I played both Wingfoots. Oh. Wow. And they are, I mean, they are, I mean, like they're perfect, but I'll throw it out there that if anybody's up in Ojai and plays Sewell Park, which is like a public $25 golf course, it's also one of the best, best designed golf courses in the United States. It's incredible. 25 bucks to walk on in Ojai, California. All right. What are the chances you and I uh, play around together? What are the 100, chances? A hundred percent. Yes. A one hundred percent. Yes, I if can't I'm wait. Ever, if I'm ever in Miami or if you're ever out here, absolutely, we're doing that. 
He okay. used to go uh, you and Timmy Simmons together playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Simmons. <laughs> Wait, um, so you love being a part of uh, of a pack of fans who are cheering, but you don't like the work involved with being a fan. You don't give a shit who the safety is, but that doesn't stop you from gambling on sports, though, of course, oh, right? God, no. Oh, God. <laughs> At that point, it just becomes the numbers. Like if it's just like I've met, a, I've, I've like met some dudes recently who like can like kind of tell me what the sharps are doing. I'm just like whatever, whoever, whatever, whoever the sharps are on. That's sort of like like last night the Raiders were. I was like real. I was like a real big Raiders fan. But when I went to the Chargers game a couple weekends ago with my buddy Stone, who has season tickets, I was a really big Chargers fan. <laughs> Wait, you have a buddy named Stone? That's the coolest name I've ever heard. Isn't it great? It's yeah, Stone Gossip for Pearl Jam, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, Stone, go ahead. Yeah. Name job. Yeah. <laughs> no, my buddy Chris, he's a guy that uh <laughs> my buddy Chris Stone. Chris Stone, he uh he uh he works in the business. He's a like a development, he's like a VP of development out here. Um, I've just known him forever. Like I met him when he was first starting out, like when he was like a, a roving agent's assistant at UTA, the agency that I'm with. And now he's like worked his way up. Stone so, is someone I'd be insecure about texting, not Pablo. <laughs> On name <laughs> <Right>. alone. <laughs> Pablo's, Pablo's a good hang. On name alone, though, Stone or Pablo, well, Stone is the one that, you know. Yeah. You've taken a stroll with Pablo. There's nothing like a stroll with Pablo. Right? I have actually never. I don't know that oh. I've ever been in the same physical space with Pablo. <laughs> you haven't? No. No, it's on the list. It's on the list of things that we want to do. It's on your bucket list? <laughs> it's on the bucket list. I mean, there's two things on there right now. Well, three. There's we golf together. That's 100% yes. taking a stroll oh. with Pablo. And then one of you guys coming over to my house, filling up the bathtub and holding my head under the water. <laughs> <laughs> Please make sure the third one happens last. <laughs> Let's end it right there. Go ahead. Tell people about the podcast. Tell people why they should listen to the new podcast. Okay. So we, uh, we're called Second in Command. We're, a Veep. we're the first Veep Rewatch podcast. <laughs> um, we, I, think that, uh, I think that you would enjoy it because Matt Walsh and I are very good friends. And I think that a long-running relationship comes through uh, in, uh, in our reevaluation of the show. Um, and also the show's worth watching a few times. You like, you got to watch it just to watch, like just do a Tony Hale pass where you just watch the show, but only watch Tony Hale. And that's going to be a good time. And we'll, we'll talk to you about stuff that happened because our behind the scenes script changes, what characters became who, if there were recastings, all that stuff that you hear about, um, but I don't know. We didn't do any like nobody was really doing cocaine or anything. It was just like a couple <laughs> glasses of wine and early to bed. So no like big drama. But we'll give you the, like the behind the scenes stuff. Other than that, uh, fans of the show are going to love it, man. We love you. Thank you for the time. But look at that, man. We killed an hour. How about that? Fuck yeah. <laughs> this is going to take a great 15 minutes. I have so many places that I want to go with you. So, uh, I mean, I'm fine with a date next week if you're up for it again, okay? I will definitely come back on. I'm 100%. I will yeah. definitely, like, the golf and coming back on 100%. Let's try to do it again. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, man. Good luck with the podcast. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot. Uh, Billy, was Pablo right? Was was Timothy Simmons someone that you could see yourself kind of kind of hanging out with? You guys I, liked each other. I think that we, I like him. I think that we could both not hang out with each other but still have a good unspoken <laughs> relationship if that makes sense it doesn't <laughs> you know it's been just moments since we've spoken to him but right. he uh 
he recorded his own audio because he wanted it to sound good because he's in the podcast game now. So he knows all the right questions. Mm-hmm. So before we start, he's like, should I record my own audio? Should I send him? We're like, yeah, sure. Send right. it to us, right? Because yeah. he knows all the tricks now. Yes. So he sent me the audio mm-hmm. and then I, I emailed him back and I'm like, you know, thanks so much for doing this. By the way, um, Stugatz is probably also going to reach out to you because he's a bit of a star fucker. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I let him Fair. I let him know just right up front. He liked that. He said, I can't wait. It's great. Yeah. So, and did you get contact information? I did. And I'm hesitant to give it to you because <laughs> I would imagine you're going to send him numerous things asking for playing golf or just. Well, he said during the interview he'd like to play golf with me. I'm just going to set up yeah, golf with him. No, that's all. <laughs> that's not all because then that leads to, hey, what do you think Julia Lewis Dreyfus is doing? You think right. she wants to come on Stupidity next week? Well, you'd be happy we'll about promote that. Promote your podcast. <laughs> right. You'd be thrilled if I did that. I will say this. While you do these things and it's like embarrassing and it's like, yes. why do you continue to do these things? Mm-hmm. I have learned from watching you. That if you don't ask, the answer is definitely going to be no. Of course. But you don't have shame. So you're more than comfortable asking, knowing it's more than likely going to be no, with the small chance of it possibly being yes. Yes, then that's what I'm going for. That small chance that if I ask for Julia Louise Dreyfus, that Timothy Simmons might actually send her a text and she might actually come on. But rather than go through her people, why not just ask a friend of Julia yeah. Louise Trifus? Why not? You said his name wrong again. It's Simon. Oh, it's Jesus Simon. Christ. Yeah. I mean, Billy, if I'm not going to ask a friend or a family member, who am I going to ask? A publicist? Do you think that's going to happen? you think it's going to happen that way? Do you think they're friends? Who? Julia Louise Dreyfus and... Tim. I think Tim thinks they're friends. I'm not certain if Julia feels the same way. Do you think she remembers him? Timmy? I think she remembers Timmy. Yeah, she did a show with him for eight years. I don't know. Why are you so you being skeptical, Billy? I wish we would have asked him. Are you going to give me? We'll ask him next time. I'll ask him during golf. (laughs) I'm not going to abuse the contact information at all. (laughs) In fact, give me the number right now and I'll ask him. Is Dreyfus a friend of yours? <laughs> He's going to say yes, and I'm going to be like, ask her. Yeah, ask her. <laughs> See what she Send thinks. Send me her number. I'll I don't ask want her. your opinion. Right? Send me <laughs> Listen, Tim. Timmy, give me the number. I'll ask her for you. <laughs> I don't want your opinion on the friendship. I want her opinion on your friendship. Uh, That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed our time with him. I'll enjoy playing golf with him as well. And I'll enjoy when Dreyfus comes on the show. Who's coming on next week? Ooh, next week. Big one for you. What? Bubba Watson. Oh, my God. The amount of people. I'm I'm definitely going to ask him to play golf, Billy. Of course, with you and Timmy and Julia. At Augusta. Oh, God. He's a two-time master champion, and he's a lefty. How about that? <laughs> so am I. I mean, a couple of lefties cutting it up. What does that even mean? What does that Nothing. Do anything? <laughs> Next week, Stupidity. Stugatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen. 
For me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.